Yo, this is B-Boy Fidget and you on the NAS Podcast. My money, my money, my money, my money, I love it. I'm working, I'm working, my brother, my brother, you're fronting. I do this, I do this, I thought that you knew that it's nothing. Your niggas, your niggas, you always wanna get me started. Hey, sucker, hey, sucker, you sucker, MC's always biting. I'm thinking, creating, I'm barely ever even writing. Your girly, your girly is in my ear, Mike Tyson. I'm living, I'm living, I'm laughing, I'm laughing, you're crying. Oh, you a gangster, right? We make gangster beats. Think you got the flow, I say, nigga, don't speak. You think you's a pimp, you bought your bitch some sneaks. Fuck the last week and put a mortgage payment on the feet. Bow, 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 bow. Fuck the last week and put a mortgage payment on the feet. Bow. I'm laughing. Baby, I ain't got no money. Bullshit. I see you shining, nigga. I can smell a motherfucker with money. <laughs> Even Ray Charles can see you got money. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know it's B-Boy Fidget. I'm a beat the- My next guest grew up in Seattle. He then spent 10 years in Atlanta, rebuilt connections and a studio. Now he's back in Seattle, building off the knowledge and experiences he's gained. He's a b-boy and an artist. Introducing B-Boy Fidget. By the way I put you down. When I was doing bad, man, you were not around. You was rapping, now I'm Batman flying through the crowd. You ain't bumping young fish, that's a body foul. They let me on the west coast, let me down south. And the shit I'm smoking on, got my eyes looking loud. Half-baked looking like the guy on the couch. Hella quiet with a pocket full of loud. Writing punchlines just to hit you in your mouth. B-Boy for life, I'ma turn the body Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today, I'm with a very special guest, the one and only Play from the legendary hip-hop duo Kid and Play. Oh, <laughs> wrong. <laughs> this is B-Boy Fidget, the one and only B-Boy Fidget. I don't think anyone else on the internet has that name at all, so I think that's a good name, you know? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure nobody has it. Do you still have the flat top on, or is it? Like... I do. It's just matted down. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's the thing with me. Like when I have like special hair, I just can't wear a hat. I was so the hat that I um that I got you um it it's make hip hop great again. It's dope Ooh. dope hat. Um, you know, <laughs> social relevance. Yes. Um, but also, it's a snapback, so okay. you can just you know let your hair hang out the back, yes. or just you know you can just. <laughs> I see people sometimes with a lot of hair, they just unsnap all of them. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, you yeah. can just let it let it sit how it sits. You know, so it's not yeah. a fitted. I was thinking of you in your hair. Thank you. I really appreciate that. You know, like I like that little hole in the back, of the snapbacks, and it, make it like a ponytail. Ponytail, exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but am I wrong that you you kind of channel like that '80s type vibe in a sense? Um, you know, I always call myself the facilitator of fun and the curator of cool. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what 
uh, that's what I feel like we do as MCs, master ceremonies, is we mm-hmm. bring people together. Yeah. We, we make sure people are having a good time. I mean, traditionally, this is what it is. You know what I'm saying? And um, and so, if anything, you know, I do want to be that breath of fresh air where I'm relevant, but at the same time, taking the best parts of of hip hop historically mm-hmm. and um, you know, morphing that into something that makes sense today. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, definitely having having fun. It's a big part of hip hop, and um, sometimes we get lost in the sauce. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And you you start you starting to see a lot of rappers that might even be, you know, coined as gangster rappers dancing in videos, having dancers in their videos, mm-hmm. smiling, yeah, having fun because <laughs> that's what this is all about. Yes. And so, so I'm definitely always gonna glorify that more than uh, any other part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what I've started to notice a lot is that. A lot of these newer artists, like you could, I don't even count Travis Scott as a new artist. I mean, like these brand new artists, mm-hmm. they don't really understand like the roots of hip hop. They you shouldn't, know? cause they're new. Like, what? Well, I think that's how you, that's how you blow up. Like, how that's how you stay relevant is by understanding the past. Yeah, but I've been doing this a long time, and I didn't understand it all at first either. Right. So what I mean is, when you when you say new artist, you're talking about how long you've been doing it versus the age you were born. Hmm. And depending on both of those things is going to depend on what you know and what you don't know. You know what I mean? Right. It, like, you, like there's certain things I didn't have to study because I was there for it while it was happening. Mm-hmm. And, and same thing for everybody um, as life goes on. But, you know, when you really care about something, you will go back and do the knowledge. Right. But, like, even for fans, for say, like, the um, Yo, Pierre, let's want to go outside, that... That catch line is from like the Jamie Foxx show. Mm-hmm. I don't think fans take the time to like understand that. Mm-hmm. And it's just stuff like that that makes me really appreciate hip hop. And then when people are like, oh, you just listen to hip hop, I'm like, it's not just hip hop. There's so many subcategories to it. I throw in 60s to 70s music because that's where all the sampling comes in. Like mm-hmm. Al Green, Howard Melvin, mm-hmm. all those type of guys. Those mm-hmm. are like, I think those guys are still relevant today. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, I just don't think it's like appreciated. And that's, I think hip hop needs to be more appreciated in that sense. So when I explain that to like older people and they're like, oh, hip hop, I'm like, you probably been listening to hip hop and not even realizing it because mm-hmm. all these older artists, they were the first hip hop artists, the first rappers, the stuff they were talking about, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's, um, you know, I feel like if you're going to be down with this thing, hip hop culture, mm-hmm. it is a culture. So you take all of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can you can treat it like um, you know th- where you're just repping the subcategory. It, it, it's crazy. I don't want, even want to think about it as religion, but it's crazy how it's similar in the sense that you know all of these religions might have the same virtues, values, different same stories, different names, right? Yeah. Um, but people want to choose to be Catholic or choose to be this, choose to be that, as opposed to just realizing that we all are repping the same gang you know what i mean yeah and it's the same thing for hip-hop it's like if you can't as a as a older as an older head if you can't embrace what the younger people are doing or as a younger head if you can't embrace what the older people did to give you the platform to do your young stuff mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying then then it's not gonna work we have to there, there has to be that circle of life that understanding that um you can't have one without the other. Right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So I, I I try to find the good in in all types of hip hop, even if it's something that I wouldn't gravitate towards or, or purchase. Right. You know? Do you appreciate 
hip hop and the history of hip hop because that might have been your era, or do you think it's just because you're a lover of hip hop? Um, that's a that's a tough one because, like I said, like as hip hop, first of all, I wasn't there for the beginning of right, exactly. <laughs> and, and and second <laughs> off, as hip hop gets older, we'll have more errors. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, um, so I. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely love hip hop. You know what I'm saying, and I definitely have found love for it. But the thing is, is like maybe I didn't get into it for that. But then it's the journey. Right. You know what I'm saying. So that's what I mean when people have a certain point of view. It, you can almost tell how long they've been down with with something, or, or 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 that their faith is still possibly being tested. Like you can't tell me nothing about hip hop. Like I, right. it's just a part of it's a part of me. I live it. I eat it. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> and so. Yeah, when you get to that level, it's it's nothing nothing else really nothing else really matters. It might be a bad song, but you're not gonna hate on the genre, right? You know what I mean. So, can people appreciate and be genuine towards hip hop without completely understanding the history? Yeah, because you might just like really like an artist, yeah, or what they stand for, and maybe that was your gateway into wanting to learn more. Okay, so that that's why that's why I give everyone the benefit of the doubt because it's like <clears throat> we have to constantly. Um, be promoting ourselves, um, not just for our own good, but to to shine a brighter light on you know what what, what we're about. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. um, it's almost like this. It's like when sometimes I watch something on TV or something will happen, and me as a person of color, I'd be like, "Dang, why that dude do that? <laughs> you got messed up for everybody." Yeah. You know what I mean? It's hard, it's hard enough, um, you know, to get people to um, re- respect you. You know what I'm saying? If you if you uh, you dress a certain way or mm-hmm. whatever, you know what I mean. So it's like we're in a scrunchie right now, like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right. So so I mean, all of those things, all of those things, kind of go go hand in hand. I do feel like we we have the the same power that we have that we have the ability to mess it up too. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And and um. It's an even playing field, and so certain people, the glass is half empty and half full all the time. Right, right. It's just, you know. I really appreciate your Seattle song, though. I like songs where, like, they, like, use, like, a song that's easy to do is, like, a song that's about video games, and, like, the whole the whole, the whole song is just video games that, like, the title of a video game that ends up being a sentence. Mm-hmm. I liked how you kind of did that with uh, Seattle, and, like, you named all the popular people in seattle i'm like yeah see mm-hmm. i don't even i don't know for sure if this guy's a transplant or not but the point that he can make a full song where like he's naming all the history yeah and then giving that throwback reference like i'm not will smith yeah things yeah, like yeah. That. That, yeah. that like that touches me oh man i appreciate it <laughs> i appreciate it yeah man and then i i did the beat too i used the, the Jimi hendrix sample to kind of just yeah. like throw that in there pay homage me me jimmy and um Quincy Jones, I went to Garfield High School. Oh, okay. So, yeah, man. Um, yeah, it's 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 definitely. I got I got so much love for Seattle. I was in Atlanta for ten years, and um, so I, I got a chance to to be there and and soak up that that game too. And that's really. <clears throat> you ever watch Hip Hop Evolution on Netflix? I've I've seen it and I haven't watched it. But you I gotta know watch it, yeah. some of it. It'll make you it'll make you appreciate what we're talking about now even more because mm-hmm. every region has their own history. Yeah. You know, the, the South, you know, Seattle. And so me being able to live in different parts, mm-hmm. uh, different regions, and soak up that game, uh, I believe that all of that 
is you know the the gum the hip hop gumbo that B Boy Fidget is yeah. you know because you're you're all of your life experiences you're putting together and it just makes me have so much more appreciation for all artists. Uh, the more I travel and the more places I go, mm-hmm. you know. I think for a person of color, it's very important to travel to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. There's so much culture there. Mm-hmm. Like I took a historical black college tour there, and like it just opened my eyes a lot. What made you decide to move there for ten years? Um, well, <clears throat> I wasn't planning to be there for 10 years when I got there, <laughs> uh, but I did move there for music. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I was pretty far along my path as far as doing music when I was uh, a senior in high school mm-hmm. and, you know, I was working on my, working on my album. I ended up going to Seattle Central Community College for a quick second and, um, as a sidestep. And then I just, I just dipped out, man. I, um, just kind of started fresh and, I always feel like uh, if you can make it in a big place, like Seattle, a lot of people, and I love Seattle, but the thing is why I had to go too is because I was guilty of getting caught in that big fish, small pond mentality. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where you 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 got your 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 block locked down so you think you're doing something. Yeah. And um and so I had to get out, man. I had to spread my wings and, and try and and know that, hey, if I can make it in Atlanta you know, I'll come back to Seattle with a crown on my head. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So that was that was always the plan is just to go to the Mecca, to the to the source. And honestly, it started in in the South Bronx in New York, but Atlanta's been running hip hop for the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. Pretty hardcore as far as as far as mainstream record sales, um stuff of that nature, man. So so yeah, I just I just had to go to the to the source and glad I did. Right. Like one of the artists I've interviewed and he's like I always am just get excited even and say it, but like interviewing like Cocaine, mm-hmm. he was saying, and he's been he's been around since like hip hop was actually taking off, with like N.W.A. and mm-hmm. Tupac and all those guys. And he was saying like the biggest thing an artist can do is realize it's time for them to move out of their city, and then once they come back, they have more respect for their city and their fans respect them more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it you know there's this other thing too. So I used to I used to sell. CDs out the trunk, you know, before Spotify, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I used to have different gas stations, consignments at gas stations, and have my little display there, or whatever. And um, that was that was, you know, a good a good chunk of money at a certain time. But what it made me realize doing that different places was that um, try to sell your CD in your hometown with somebody you went to school with or something like that. They feel like they have a personal relationship with you yeah. and they want, they, they'll say all the great things in the world. Oh man. Oh, I wish you the best. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, you're not going to give it to me though. You're not just going to give me the CD. Cause yeah. we're friends, right? We're yeah. friends. I know you when people feel like when people feel like they know you, like, like, no, you don't know what I'm doing. Like you might mm-hmm. know me as a person, but you, you're not in the studio with me. You're not, paying for studio time you're not doing all this like yeah. this is what i'm trying to do with my life support this sometimes it's easier to go places where people don't even know you at all yeah. where you have a clean slate and whatever you create for yourself is what you create and when people see you creating something somewhere else then they start peeking their head and their nose and their eyes over there and they're like oh because they're oh. watching they're watching right but sometimes you sometimes you got to let people window shop like that yeah you gotta you gotta you gotta make it look enticing from afar because when you're too accessible people don't want you right do you think people <clears throat> invest in themselves enough through their music nope N- nope <laughs> nope you know like the hustle has to be fine-tuned and adjusted mm-hmm. all the time every day um but that's what any business you know what right. i mean and so 
so yeah, in investing in yourself is the the only way to to level up. I mean, if mm-hmm. you if, if you just want to be big in one place, then just keep doing putting that little bit in and reaping the benefits of that. But you know, right. yeah. What do you think the importance the importance is of social media? Um, to to shine a light on you, my uh, one of my brothers, you know, he's he's a uh, been in the military for a while and he's a motivational speaker as well and he told me a while ago he i'll never forget this he always he always said um regarding my music career he was like he said you know uh light yourself on fire and people will come from miles around to see you burn right. you know what i'm saying whether they like you or they don't like you when you promote yourself i even i'm even happy when somebody's hating on my stuff because you took the time out your day to, to comment on me yeah. oh you shouldn't have <laughs> i'm doing it i'm doing my thing Con- right. congratulations you know if 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 you have haters or if if you can get people to stop what they're doing and focus on you for a second and so if you actually do have something that's worth focusing on then social media is awesome i think where we get lost in the sauce is when uh you don't have anything to promote, you know what I'm saying? Um, and uh, and then it's just a popularity contest of nothingness, right? <laughs> right. But but um, but that's just you know to each its own, man. And or I'm the I'm the best rapper alive, but you're just starting out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you gotta believe. You gotta believe, yeah. but you don't gotta take it to social media right away. Yeah. You know, maybe put out some music first. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How do you invest in yourself? Um, I mean, I invest in myself by just recycling, you know, putting it all, putting it all back in. I think, uh, rest in peace, Nipsey Hustle. I think he said it best, all money in. Um, and that was his company and what it really represents is just, you know, always, always leveling up, always realizing that you are not going to get to the next level unless you can do what you did twice as good and, Usually that takes twice as much effort. You can't be everywhere at once. So then you need to start to help to get a team together to delegate. So you need money to pay people to do things. You need right. money for this, that. So it's a tool, you know what I'm saying? And so we use that tool constantly to to uh, to better ourselves. Right. You know, what's the difference between cutting out the middleman mm-hmm. and having a team? Um. Hmm. It depends if you're trying to be independent or signed to a major label, I believe, uh, because cutting out the middleman in that sense would be like, I am the label. I'm, I'm So if you have a label, then you must have a team. So you're just saying, I don't need you. I don't need anything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, having a team, I, th- I guess, you know, it's a tough one because I think having a team is essential in any situation, but you could either be having a team to entice a record label to get with you you know to, to to have attention on you or you could say i'm cutting out their label and i'm doing it independently with my team and i guess that would be the difference to me is just um just not waiting for somebody to give you anything right you know what i mean mm-hmm. when did you start music um man honestly bro i've been my uh my dad he's a he was percussionist is a percussionist so I, you know, I was on stage, super young, playing djembe's and all type of Ooh. stuff. Uh, my mom, she's always been a great writer, poet. So I started writing raps around like nine, like you know, and I would only share them to 
my mom or family members. Then in high school, I got a little bit more confident. And um, and so that's where everything kind of built from. But as far as just hip-hop as a whole, I always had someone in my family that was doing music, doing something. So um, I got into dance bef- bef- before I even started rapping. I was already like, you know, breakdancing, trying to be Michael Jackson in the yeah. house. So I always knew that I wanted to do something artistically and, and uh, you know, but I just didn't know how it was all going to come together. Right. What made you gravitate towards hip-hop versus R&B or... My brothers. My, I had, uh, I have two two um, twin brothers, and um, they're, they're half-brothers. So we, we throughout my life, we weren't always together. But whenever we were, um, they're, they're 11 years older than me, so they were doing hip-hop and breakdancing in particular, like, in the 80s, like, when mm-hmm. it was, like, really hot. And by the time I'm getting into it, it's like a novelty thing that people aren't really doing heavy, but I'm interested, you know. So mm-hmm. they teach me what they know, right. and um and and then I I remember from a lot of my birthdays, like you know, you would get the my mom would get me a, a CD and it would be the um the clean version of the CD, <laughs> right. and then my brothers they would give me the other yes. one because they wanted me to really know what was happening. They yeah. wanted me to really hear what people were trying to say. So I I got a lot of hand-me-down hip-hop for my brothers right Mm -hmm. what is the importance of hip-hop to you is it because it's a black history is it the way you're able to express yourself compared to other music or um you know i think it's everybody's history at this point um Mm. regardless um but uh i that's a great question man you know that's a great question i'm I'm kind of perplexed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm trying to draw on a blank. There's so many things I could say. Um, so maybe I'll just say less, man. I think I think hip hop is is um, regardless of what type of music it is that you gravitate towards. I think all these wonderful things are here on this earth for you to to find your purpose. You know what I mean? Um, and so, yeah. If anything, I just I, I do thank hip hop for that for giving me and a lot of other people a direction. Um, and when there is, you know, when there is no, um, when there is no uh, daycare or baseball or or sports in the hood, there was always uh, somebody that could teach you a dance move. There was always, you know, somebody that was, um, you know, a rap cipher, somebody's beatboxing, somebody's rapping. So these are things that are in my environment already, mm-hmm. and uh, positive things that are in my environment. So I think it's. It's natural that if you come from um, a place where you have choices, both negative and positive, maybe the negative outweighing the positive, right. that you would gravitate towards hip hop. Right. You know, why do you think hip hop's become labeled as like the the cool genre? Like the pop pop artists want to connect cause it with is. it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is um, everything. <laughs> everything we represent is f- turning you know n- nothing into something. You know what I mean. Um, and and trying to be original and and, and standing firm in, in yourself and just who you are. So you might dress, you might dress different. I have a flat top. It's a conversational piece, but it's also a way of letting people know what I'm about and who I am without even saying a word. Right. And that's the beautiful thing about you know just that 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 culture is that there's so many ways to express yourself. Right. Um, I don't know if there's any more ways than any other culture, but. It's the one that I'm repping, right? You know. Do you think that could be put as a stigma though? Because like, when people are like, "Oh, that guy has a flat top," or has that? You have that blonde bleach in your mm-hmm, hair, right? Mm-hmm. That 
people like automatically associate that with an artist in a way. Do you think that's bad that's, or? It's good if they associate it with me. Right. You know, uh, and and to have something to stand out to be remembered by is important, especially in this world of social media where uh, something happens yesterday and you don't remember it today. Yeah. You know, um, standing out is important. Um, and before social media, I think the way people would stand out was was through their through their speech, through their clothing, through um, you know just all using using whatever you had to be an individual. And so, I think that's. That's what I like most about hip hop is that we we can always just it's like it's like thrift shopping and then like and then like turning it into like some expensive <laughs> you know what I mean turning it into like some some like couture expensive yeah. like whatever so that that's how I feel about it I feel like uh, one man's trash is another man's treasure and now that we've molded it and put love into it and treasured it for so long uh, we've made it cool right and people want to be down with the cool and you can either create the cool or you can buy into it right. <laughs> and i'm on the side of creating it and yes. making other people buy into my movement yes you know and shout out to the goodwill in seattle like the headquarters one yeah that's oh right next God. to my spot yes, <laughs> that's easily the best goodwill even in the seattle area a hundred percent yeah yeah dearborn yes. central yes. yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so what's the meaning behind your name b-boy fidget okay so like i said i was i was b-boy and breakdancing before um before i really got into being a rap artist and so the name b-boy stands for break boy uh it's almost like saying mister so you'll see a lot of breakdancers put b-boy in front of their name mm -hmm. so mr fidget b-boy fidget a lot of people just will put b-boy in front of their name when i started rapping everyone in the hood already knew me uh from all the park jams and doing stuff they knew me as b-boy fidget i didn't want to change my name when i was giving my stuff to djs when mm -hmm. i had reintroducing myself and also you know the name really embodies a lot of who i am as a person mm -hmm. so i said you know just keep the name you know what i mean yeah. why switch it up i mean i'm not gonna stop dancing so i don't need two names mm -hmm. you know so let's just let's just keep the name and, and just add more meaning to it right do you think b-boy is still a relevant relevant name uh yeah because i have it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's relevant it's yeah. relevant it's as relevant as is as, as you want to make it right so i think even now more than ever because people might not know the history behind it but they might know me mm -hmm. you know uh, and and that might make them want to do the history or i don't know like a lot of times a lot of times there might be something that hip-hop will shine a, a light on for me and then i and the, it might have came from something in pop culture a while ago we were talking about that earlier a little bit mm -hmm. off the air and um and it makes you want to do the knowledge. And so, yeah, if I, if I, if I could be associated with people um, wanting to, you know, do more knowledge on hip hop and, and, and the history of it, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm always about that. Then that's that's cool. So, right. Yeah, man. B-Boy's back in a big way, too. We're yeah. in the Olympics now. Yes. We're in the Olympics now. So Yeah. So you're going to be hearing a lot more about some B-Boys. I'm the worst dancer ever. And I always want to learn, you know, like that was one of my one of my goals, like. Yeah, summer of 2019. So that the summer we just had. I always get confused saying last summer, the summer we just had. Like mm -hmm. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, my <laughs> my two goals during the summer was to make a podcast <laughs> and to take hip hop lessons. And I got the podcast down, but I. I hey, <laughs> well, I'm here, man. You know, yes. anytime, anytime yes. you need me. You know what I'm saying? A little private lesson, man. You know, I got you. <clears throat> 
How has Seattle changed over the years since you started music and now? Some things haven't changed at all. Hmm. Um, you know, it's it's just a natural. It's just like a. It's just like the high school will always be there, yeah. but every four years, rotation. You know what I mean? And that's how I feel about music in general. Like, it's always going to be forming into something else, and there'll always be new players in the game. But some of the rules stay the same. You know what I'm saying? So for me, coming back to Seattle, I see a lot of new players in the game, but I don't really feel like the game has changed that much. I feel like maybe through social media, there are certain people that I'm happy that are doing well in their career that are repping Seattle mm-hmm. and that are shining a brighter light on all the talent that is here. Right. Um, <clears throat> and so in that aspect, maybe there's more opportunity because of people kicking down the door. Mm-hmm. Um, but Besides that, I I think I think it's uh we're in we're in the exact same situation, just a different year. Right. Do you think you see more of the same people since you've left, or do you think you see massively more new people? Uh, yeah, I was just totally not really tapped into the Seattle scene when I was in Atlanta. Like I was just focused on Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So when I moved back, you know, I'm looking around like. Uh, a baby seeing everything for the first time like eyes wide open not blinking um everything's new to me again and I, it was a good feeling because uh when you've been doing something a while you need to renew your faith in it to, mm-hmm. to keep going hard you know what i'm saying so so that so me traveling back seeing new faces new people but in the same game uh yeah it, it's 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 a beautiful thing man to see to see the offsprings of uh, different artists doing doing their thing, um, and on a big level too, you know what I'm saying? Like shout out to Jay Park, shout out to my dude Cha Cha, um, you know, sh- shout out to a lot of people that are um, my dude Lace Cadence from the Flavor Blue. Let's see, there's a lot of people that are are really actively like doing things on a on a um, big level, and so I'm excited to see that. But right, you know, so being in the land for ten years, what is the biggest differences between First, like actually the Seattle culture and the Atlanta culture, besides music, to start off. Hustle, hustle, hustle. It's um, <clears throat> it's not about. Well, uh, besides music, it's all it's all about your it's all about your hustle. As far as just like it's all around you all the time. As far as um, New York's kind of known as like the city that doesn't sleep, right? And and Atlanta has that same type of energy where um people are just motivated to to get it and then you take that and you put it merge that with the music and i feel like there are a lot of uh trap artists atlanta artists that might not be your favorite rapper but what atlanta taught me was um how to be your favorite hustler you know how to how to work how to work your brand it you really gotta be amazing to not have good music and get far (laughs) (laughs) yes like and and there's so many (laughs) stories of that in atlanta like i love there i don't get me wrong there's a lot of talented atlanta artists but there's a lot of there's a lot of trapper rappers that really are just trying to find another avenue something positive to do with their life Mm -hmm. so they're like well forget it i'm gonna stop doing this and i'm gonna start rapping and you sound like you just started rapping but your hustle is ridiculous you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and people nowadays love authenticity so much that what they lack for in lyrics, they make up for in realness. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and um and you get it. 
you get a lot of that in Atlanta uh, as far as people being able to build careers off of their hustle and their story. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I think think, uh, Atlanta definitely upped my hustle muscle. Moving back to Seattle, I feel like Seattle... The green, the rain, the the marijuana, everything, everything is a slower paced a little bit. Whether you want to realize it or not, you won't realize it till you go other places and you just feel like things are moving faster because they are. You know what I mean? Because your environment is so important to what what you're trying to become. So. So, yeah, that's the that's the best thing I could say is like if I could take. All of the hustle from Atlanta and all of the musicality from Seattle and put it together. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then that's that that to me is like the perfect the perfect storm, the perfect combo. Yeah. You know? Does Seattle have an accent? No, but you know what's crazy? <laughs> I feel like I'm from nowhere now because when I'm in Atlanta, people know I'm not from Atlanta when I go there and they hear me talk. But then when I came back to Seattle, people people see the way I dress or the way I talk and where are you from? <laughs> yeah, so I feel like I'm from nowhere now, but uh, it's whatever. Ah, <laughs> I live. How long have you been back here in Seattle? About three years. Three years. Low key. Low key. <laughs> what? What is it? Why do you think re- like radio in Atlanta really cherishes is like, is like its upcoming artists and stuff like that? Because. You got to see the hip hop evolution, man, on 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 on, on, on the Netflix, man, okay. for for the one on 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 the South, because we in the South, people, especially in New York, um, you know, it, it originating from there, they wanted to uh, they wanted to keep it for themselves for a little bit, you know what I mean? Like it's like you wanted things to to go everywhere, but at the same time, you still want to be the leader, and um. And so they weren't, you couldn't, if you were an Atlanta artist trying to push your stuff to New York, to radio DJs there, it was hard to get on the radio there. You know what I'm saying? They weren't even giving you that pipeline. So what the South did, you have the Bible Belt. You have like North Carolina, South Carolina, mm-hmm. Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia. We started running running circles around that. You know what I mean? Supporting each other. Everyone down South playing everyone's music down South. We're doing shows uh, around around those areas and just creating creating the you know the the regional movement that had to eventually spill over. It got so big that it had to spill over to to New York, but it w- it was because Atlanta just was nobody was giving them props, so mm-hmm. they had to they had to create their own you know cheering squad. Right. <laughs> and it, so it, it's 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 beautiful um, when you think about it. What happens when um, when you have a little resistance, like, right. like beautiful things happen, like you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, that's why it's, that's why it is what it is now. Is because nobody wanted to hear it. Now everybody wants to hear it. Right. You know. So besides, like us moving like in a slower pace, what opened your eyes that you didn't really understand living in Seattle and coming back to Seattle? Hmm. It made me realize that I don't want to live in one place. Uh, I still have my recording studio in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Still got a spot there, and I although I'm not there that much, like I don't want to live in one place, like or be anywhere for too long, because um, you start to conform to to whatever's around you. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, like I can. F- I'm very in tune to my own body spiritually and everything like that. So like. I know when I'm getting around people or in an environment and it's affecting me to the point where I feel like I'm moving a little slower now. 
Mm. You know what I'm saying? So now I have to do what I got to do and maybe be alone for a while and just and just zone out and get get, get in my zone to, to do what I got to do. So I I think <clears throat> living different places, traveling in um is the best the best way to to um to counter the laziness of Seattle sometimes for for myself personally. Right. You know. Have you learned more about your ethnicity from traveling to other places? Um not about my own ethnicity, but just uh, I've. It makes you realize how similar everybody is, how we're all one, mm-hmm. um, and so and so it hasn't really made me. If, if anything, that's what I've realized about myself is that I can look at other people and see myself in them, and vice versa. Right. And it doesn't matter what what background you come from or whatever. You know, we all got something in common. So yeah, traveling to, does that for me. It allows me to connect with people on a different level than I, I normally would right did you have a support system in Atlanta or did you have to create one um no I had to create one I had to create one I mean hustle 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 I um I had so many hustles going on man as far as like selling clothes selling CDs out of the trunk I had about 10 gas stations like with little display cases and I would go there and consignment check on see what cds are sold mm. i used to mix back when mixtapes were super big i would go straight to the djs i go straight to dj drama and all these different djs and i would get their cds you know for wholesale so i could put them in in my my stores mm. but i would mix in my cds with the hot mixtapes for other people right. so then you might be looking through and you might see a a gangster grills mixtape next to b-boy fidget cd yeah. and it helps my stuff sell and now, yeah. you know, so it's like I always had to find ways to make money off of hip hop, whether it was clothing, um, you know, selling other people's music, recording, recording, um, you know, learning that whole game, the whole. Basically, if you can be a man of service, if you can learn how to, um, you know, help other people out, you always be OK. Right. You know, so. How did you come about making this uh, recording studio? I needed a I needed a place to. To make it happen, and I kept getting kicked out of apartments. Oh. <laughs> I had some home studios in Atlanta, kept getting kicked out of apartments, and and then I linked up with uh, another talented dude by the name of Jay New, uh, Grammy-nominated producer. He, uh, we worked on the second Rick Ross album together, Trilla. Oh wow! Uh, and um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah. Anyways, he we before all that happened, he. He just, uh, we were playing beats one day and realized that, you know, hey, we know enough people and we're always together and rent's not that expensive when you split it two ways. Mm-hmm. So let's just get, let's just get a little spot and get it popping. So that's kind of how, how it went. Mm-hmm. It's funny how the universe will move you in the direction that you need to go if you're not moving fast enough. Mm. Yeah. Like getting kicked out of those apartments was probably the best thing that ever happened. Right. Right. <laughs> did you use your recording studio to make new connections or did you kind of that's all i did yeah that's all i did really because um you're trying to make money off of music now so you're more in the service of helping facilitate other people's dreams you know what i'm saying so i'm doing favors left and right um giving studio time to certain people giving beats to certain people kind of just because I, I know that, hey, I'm going to need to call in my favors, mm-hmm. you know, at one point. So let me let me use this as leverage. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you might not want to hear me as a 
artist, mm-hmm. but this studio is something that you want. Right. So I'm gonna flip this. I'm gonna I'm gonna use this, and it definitely helped me to put myself in a lot of good positions. Right. How do you make sure your studio is well maintained, even if you're not there right now? Um, it took me a, a year and a half to get that whole thing situated. You know what I'm saying? And then it took me like a year before I could even leave Atlanta to come back here to figure out how I was going to keep everything going mm-hmm. be- when I came back. So it's it's really about keeping good people around you. Right. There's only one person in the world that that um, I would trust with all of that money and equipment and everything like that. Shout out to my dude, Wadi, Jacob Wadi. Um, you might be familiar with, I don't know if you've heard of Buddha Bless. He's a producer. Hmm. He did the, um, he's done a lot of stuff for the Migos. His newest okay. claim to fame is uh, the Chris Brown joint he did with Gunna Heat. Oh, okay. And um, so he works out of our studio and my dude Wadi, that's, um, he signed to him. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so that's, you know, it's just funny how one hand washed the other, but you, you want to keep good people around you and I'll put somebody that's a good person in a position that they've never done before because I know that their heart is going to be in the right place when they learn how to do the job. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It, so it's that's it's almost more important than the job itself is the person who's, who's doing it, you know? Right. Yeah. So do you try to advertise that you're the owner and everything of that? Nope. Or? It's not about that. Right. It's not about that. It's about having a place to create and um, feeding my family, and I don't need to promote that. You mm-hmm. know, I, pro- I, I promote the studio time and get other people in there, but I'm not doing it to... Um, to shine a brighter light on myself is just a part of who I am. Right. So is it harder to make connections here in Seattle since you've had all those connections in Atlanta, but or have you been able easier. to make easier? Yeah, because remember we were saying uh, no one wants to buy your stuff when they can be like, oh, I'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, but 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 when you're when they see me, it, it, it's, I'm in Atlanta, I'm doing my thing and I come back. Um, there there is some energy there where it's like, oh, you left yeah. and you did your thing. You came back regardless of it's so crazy because nobody knows what you're really doing. You could just have left and not did anything. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but but that alone, um, you know, just you don't know what you got till it's gone. The excitement of seeing somebody you haven't seen in a while, reconnecting with them. Mm-hmm. All that's out the window when you're too there every when you're there every day. No one gets a chance to miss you. So if anything, I definitely capitalized on that right. when I came back. Mm-hmm. Didn't you say before we were started the interview that you kind of felt like you were like a newer artist back in Seattle though? Mm-hmm. How Definitely. did that happen? Well, because um, you move back and there's just different people in different positions. The order of things, the order of things has changed. Like I'm even like, you know, like looking at radio and I'm like, who's the radio director at this place now? I don't have any pull at this place. How am I going to get my song on this station now? There's just like it could be. From that angle, even you know, so so got to be humble and not think that you anyone owes you anything because no one even remembers who you were if you're gone for ten years and you didn't check up on anybody and on anybody you can't expect them to check up on you or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So I just treat it with you know clean slate, like hey, um, step into the table as a as a new artist. Like you don't own, like I'm not like you owe me something or. I feel like you. we should, you know, I don't know. I just always try to be humble regardless, but especially in a situation where you're you're pretty much starting over. You know what I mean? Right. You got to treat it like that. So do you feel like you have to <clears throat> bend over backwards for like newer artists in Seattle? Then? I bend over backwards for myself. 
okay. to, to get things done, to make moves. Um, and people respect that, and newer artists will gravitate towards me, or if we have the same work ethic, then I'll gravitate towards them. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not even really interested in... Um, I'm a solo artist, so I don't really... There's the value in me knowing my terrain is, yeah, that's important to know what's going on, but I don't really, I don't care about doing tracks with everybody in right. Seattle. So it doesn't matter to many ways, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I have respect for everybody that's doing their thing, and I feel like if we're, if the, if it's me- if it's meant to be, we're going to cross paths more than once, right. and it's going to happen, you know? Do you think you got the, are there any artists you, like, think, okay, they're popping right now, I have to keep an eye on them, in a sense, like, I should probably make them know who i am in a sense or yeah you know it's almost the worst thing you could ever do is to try to holler at somebody when they're popping right because it's like i'm busy like i was busy before and now i'm even busier and i don't even know who you are so like you gotta tread lighter with that situation like if i know you're popping i'll try to create opportunities to to uh to be in the vicinity or to possibly um, if I know we're going to be at the same place, then I'll capitalize on that. Cause it's more about I, whenever I used to see somebody famous, like in Atlanta, I realized this quick, like if you ask for their autograph and be all of on, and then that's where you're going to be. Yeah. yeah. You're going to be in that zone <laughs> all the time. Right. It's the same. It's, it's the same thing. Like, so do you want to, the, it just depends on the relationship you want to have with the artist and to have a realer one, uh, you don't you don't come on so fast, you know, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm going to see you a couple times out. We're going to keep seeing each other because I'm on the same path as you. You heard me perform. I heard you perform. Hey, good job. You know what I'm saying? You're dope. Hey, we should do something. It's like a, it's levels, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and there has to be that mutual respect. And so I'm not out here trying to get anybody's, um, respect necessarily. It's more about, I'm my I'm my worst critic. I'm the hardest on myself. I'm trying to impress myself. Mm. So if I if I impressed you and you impressed me, then and then let's work. Then that's cool because it's mutual. It's not I'm paying for this feature. Right. It's not you know. It, so things have to be on an even playing ground for me to even want to play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it easier for you to connect with venues though now that you've you've built like a sort of a name in Atlanta, or do venues even look at that? You know what venues look at? They don't. They weren't paying attention to me. What I did in Atlanta. They know that. You know when Fidget performs somewhere, he sells all the tickets I gave him to sell. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He promotes it. He does a good show, and and so hey, if it ain't broke, let's do it again. You know what I mean? Right. And I always try to. I always try to to uh, just focus on what's in front of me to be present. So. You know, if I have a show coming up, which I do April 5th, yes, Nectar Lounge, Nectar Lounge. Mob Deep, 25th year anniversary of the infamous, you know, Havoc, Rest Mob in Deep, peace, Rest in Peace, G- yeah, Prodigy, Prodigy exactly. <laughs> so that's going to be a big show. And I worked my way up from doing smaller shows at Nectar Lounge to that one. And right. the, the um, you know, the the buyer, the talent buyer over there, you know, he's, he's just been real good about putting me on. Um, whatever, and and giving me a chance to to um to do bigger and better things, you know. Shout out to Mario. Right. So it it is it is what it is. I think I think that good things come to to anybody who puts in the work. So when you're performing like at your home city or whatever, do venues help you get onto bigger stages with artists, or is it making connection with those artists when they're coming to town? 
uh, it's more about making connections with the artists when when you come to town i think because the venue really doesn't care about like you got to understand like the venue the venue is going to have a, sh- a show the next day <laughs> and then the day after that so like nobody cares about you like we have we all have egos and and so i'm the first person to always put mine in check and just be like you're only as good as your last hit your your worth comes from what you do how good is your show how many tickets did you sell can we you know where's the you know is there something tangible can we count it so so yeah I think if you want to create more of a buzz for yourself, the venues really don't care. They just realize when you're a moneymaker. They realize Mm -hmm. when, hey, I can put this person in this position and and everything's going to be okay. But I don't think they really care about me uh, meeting other artists, doing Mm -hmm. things with other artists. Um, But, yeah, you know, that'd be great if they did. Right. (laughs) How'd that Mob Deep show come together then? Yeah, I just got the call. I got the I got the call, and it was just like, "Yeah, are you free?" I'm like, "Yep, right, let's go." So when you do reach reach out to like connect with artists, would you rather have an older artist on your track or a newer artist that's more relevant? Um, I say both, man, because first of all, I don't. I I got I have to. I don't have to, but if it's for my own personal music, my album, I want to know you personally. You right. know what I mean? I'll do a feature with whoever, but but um, if it's for my stuff, you know, then it doesn't matter what age you are. It it just matters who you are, like mm. as a person. You know what I'm saying? It's a young artist, old artist. Maybe it's the maybe it's the track. Sometimes the beat will tell you what to do. Maybe the beat is like a sample based beat, and it feels a little boom bap old school hip hop. So then, yeah, we'll go get an older person and put them on the song. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But things have to line up that way where it just makes sense. Right. Do you think it's easier to pay attention to artists in Seattle or Atlanta? Like even like when you first moved to Atlanta, even Atlanta because Atlanta the radio and all that. Yeah, yeah. You know what's cool is that I come back to Seattle and I realize that. This is the world. Like the music I'm hearing in Atlanta is not just in Atlanta. I come back and every station is playing Migos heavy. Yeah. Every station is playing, you know, the baby and this and that and whoop de woo. So this is not an Atlanta thing anymore. It's just what's happening on radio. You right. know what I mean? Do you think Seattle can become that? Like have all these Seattle artists? I think Seattle can be whatever it wants to be. Yeah. It's wide open, but but um what it's going to take for Seattle is an artist such as myself who is a little bit more commercially friendly mm-hmm. because that's what it takes to be on the radio a lot. Right. And that's what Atlanta's good for is that club music. You know what I'm saying? And so it works out perfect. Otherwise, you need to kind of create a marketing plan for yourself where you say, you know, I'm not the type of artist that really has radio songs, but I'm, I, I, I got good music, so I need to focus more on my videos and touring and getting people around my movement. That way, you should do all that anyways, but there's certain artists that their stuff's just good for radio. Right. You know what I mean? And it, it, it'd be stupid not to try to go that avenue. I, I think that's most Atlanta artists. Seattle artists, not so much. But that's the thing. Seattle artists, <laughs> in a sense, they care about radio, but not as much. They as- just don't know how to get on the radio because it's not something that we've traditionally done on a big level, I right. think. There are certain shows, certain programs that will support, but I think it's going to be on you guys yes uh to create awesome opportunities such as this one for for artists to 
to get their stuff out there. You know what I'm saying? Because um, who wouldn't want to be on the radio? But it's a um, in New York and in Atlanta. You know, it's like it's an, it's a known fact. Like, okay, Greg Street V103. You know, you, you're gonna go head to head with somebody else's song. The the crowd the the listeners will vote, you know, and a lot a lot of songs will get broken that way. A lot of songs in Atlanta actually get broken in the strip club, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So it's just like a different culture of like how you break your song. I don't think Seattle has figured out the formula for how to break a song because you don't just it doesn't just end up on the radio. It's like you have to make a buzz in the street. Where's the? How do we do that here? Right. You know. So that, that I think that's something to to think about um, something that I've pondered on many times. Hmm. So, um, yeah. Do you think radio is like a nostalgic, nostalgic thing though? Or from being in, like saying, having some time in Atlanta, mm-hmm. do you think it actually helps artists get bigger? Or do you think, because what I've noticed in Seattle, a lot of artists are kind of focused on the streaming platforms and services versus radio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so, fun facts, only 10% of artists can sustain themselves off of radio spins. The other 90% have to do shows and sell merch and hit the road and do all type of stuff. It doesn't make sense as a business model to put all your eggs in the radio basket when there's so many other streams of revenue, ones that artists depend on, that are actually, like, more accessible, Mm -hmm. um, you have to get your song played so many times on the radio for it to equate to something. So streaming is a little easier because of the money situation. So people are going to put their eggs in the basket where they can make more money faster. Right. Um, but as far as reaching the people and as far as, you know, just let's talk about tradition. We've been talking about it with hip hop, different things. Yeah. Hit the radio. Right. You know, you're going to you're going to put the song online. You're going to put it everywhere else. It's on YouTube. Hit the radio. Yeah. You know, so it, even if it's not your go to, it's tradition. Right. You know, and, and you guys, you guys in this industry um, have done so much for artists. So it's like now it's it's to the point where it's like we're we're both helping each other out. Right. You know what I mean? What is some advice that you have for up and coming Seattle artists, creators, influencers? Um. Well, the best advice I could give you is uh, to check out bboyfidget.com. Yes. <laughs> check out efrockclothing.com. Check out efrockprinting.com. You know what I'm saying? Um, and if you like any of those sites, then maybe, you know, hit me in the DM on Instagram at bboyfidget.com. Yes. And um, we can talk more about it. You know what I'm saying? We could talk more about, you know, how we're going to take over Seattle together. Because, yes. you know... You know what I'm saying? We need more soldiers. We need more good people, and we're always recruiting. Yes. What is the easiest way to reach you? <sighs> Bboyfidget.com. Pretty- <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's the easiest way to reach me. I, I, I would actually say Instagram, but just to keep it easy, guess what my Instagram handle is? <laughs> Bboyfidget.com. And it's actually D-O-T, not period. That's right. Bboyfidget, D-O-T, com. Yes. Final words for Seattle. I'm from Seattle. That's a song, Seattle. (laughs) This is the NAS Podcast with B-Boy Fidget. There we go.